Hey y'all, I'm here to tell you about a brand new book that has just dropped by Rosella Haiti White. It's called Love Big, and I hope that you will run to Fortress Press Online or Amazon to go read it. I could not put it down. It is so much fun and has so much truth. I almost lost my mind. So, Love Big, a new book by author and leadership coach Rosella Haiti White introduces the power of revolutionary relationships modeled after the image of God as a lover. These relationships lead us to love ourselves and others despite hardships and fear in ways that, that change us all. Learn more about Love Big and get your copy today at fortresspress.com slash lovebig. That's fortresspress.com slash lovebig. are listening to Lord Have Mercy, a podcast about God, sex, and the Bible. I'm your host, Crystal Cheatham, and today I sit down with old friend and fellow comrade, Joss Nunez. Joss recently became Soul Force's youngest co-executive director. It was recently announced that Joss and Alba Onofrio will be taking over Haven Heron's role together to ensure the brave and hard work that Soul Force does continues to get done. I wanted to sit down with Joss to talk about the transition, and that's where you come in. I hope you like the show. I invited you on to Lord Have Mercy to talk about this great and amazing change that Soul Horse is making. And it's like, you know, one part sweet and one part bitter. Um, making a change from executive leadership of Haven Heron to co-directors, both yourself and uh, Alba Onofrio. So, um, yeah, what the actual fuck? <laughs> Where, where's Haven going? <laughs> um, we are so sad and excited for um, Haven to be transitioning into basically more soul force work in a different sphere. So they are getting um, a dual degree um, in business and um, in and getting an, an MDiv. Um, so doing some really amazing work around religion and the sacred arts um, and um, and nonprofit management. And so we're so excited and love Haven dearly. I mean, I I came into Soul Force. Haven invited me into that space five years ago mm-hmm. um, as a very young person fresh out of school. And so um, I they taught me so much about like what it means to be a leader and particularly like our work in soul force is so centered on um what it means to practice like spiritual resistance to um religious and political oppression and um so that person has really taught me like what it means to be a leader in that like heart open way um so I'm desperately gonna miss them and we're gonna work to like keep as close as possible um, as we love to do in our soul force spaces with all the people who um, continue to make it happen, whether or not they're on staff. Yeah. I mean, Haven's been there forever. And I mean, I was, uh, I originally met Haven in 2012 when I did the equality ride and um, just saw them as like this 
giant mountain of savvy, just like. <laughs> no, they're brilliant, right? Yeah. yeah, just they they knew what they wanted to do. Um, sometimes they would climb onto our bus, and I mean, everybody would just be like, "Whoa, that's the person that was here when this all started," you know. Um, yeah. And then at that time, uh, Haven wasn't even executive director yet. Haven was um, still just uh, in the leadership, but also had just been like part of it for such a long time. So um, Soul Force has really gone through some significant changes <laughs> from the beginning to now. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, Haven has been with the organization for 15 years, um, which is oh. hard to imagine or close to it, maybe a little bit less, but more than a decade. Yeah. Um, and I've really seen and heard from Haven and have been invited from Haven to like, um, lean in with full heart and spirit to this concept of like what it means to build an organization that is centered on the idea of relentless nonviolent resistance. Um, and that nonviolent resistance all the way from like back when Reverend Mel White had started the um, organization um, was really centered on like, what is what does like creative resistance that has a proper analysis of like where power lies in any conversation and what our demands are of the world that we want to like live and be in and share with all of our people, including those like people who are enacting violence on us. What does that look like in the most like abundant and like um, soul rendering way possible? And so um, I, I know that Haven like helped to um, create the equality rides, which is like an enduring part of our legacy and was there with Mel from the beginning, like crafting out what our youth work looks like and started asking some like deep questions about what does it look like to become an organization that is not just centered on the like liberation of LGBTQI community and only those people, but what does it look like to understand the ways that Christian supremacy as an ideology and a system impacts all marginalized people and how like scripture and Christian tradition gets weaponized by these other systems of power like um, like racism, like sexism, like homophobia, like transphobia um, and and Christianity gets warped into this whole other thing um, in order to do our like to create the like systems of oppression and moralize those systems of oppression. Um, and so understanding that and knowing that that's not just happening to queer people, that we are like one of many um, marginalized identities that experience that, what are we going to do about that? And how do we, how do we transform systems that were not created with us in mind? So like, for example, Soul Force, um, you know, Reverend Mel White had a really like indelible vision for the organization that stays with us around what it means to um, to push back on the religious right and started that work with, um, you know, the story of like showing up to his dear old friends, Reverend Jerry Falwell's home and um, and his home church and working with the original 200 soul forcers to um, host direct action and have conversation um, as openly LGBTQ people and their allies at that church in 1998. Um, and just like move with and through that, um, that that vision like stays with the organization. But I saw like I saw Mel asking questions that Haven started to like jump into with 
potential answers of like, what does it mean to center people of color? What does it mean to center um, people of all marginalized genders? Um, and so, and that, um, a big part of that was that Haven looked to me and Alba and found us and um, really created us as like our leadership as a part of their um, transition plan, their legacy plan for the organization. And so I'm really excited now at this point where we get to keep that legacy as an organization um, right at the center and be deep in relationship with Mel. I just got off the phone with him yesterday. Oh. I know he's, he's <laughs> um, such a lively spirit. Um, and anybody who knows Mel who's listening to this should give him a call because he misses you if you have his <laughs> phone number and he would love to talk. Um, and yeah, and so to, st- to be like in that legacy, um, but to be continuing it on, particularly as two people of color, um, two queer and gender nonconforming people of color, um, to, to really look at what we have wrapped up in this legacy around how we respond to spiritual violence um, particularly like across, across movements. Oh man. I feel like, um, again, that bittersweet, like, um, I just can't imagine soul force without Haven. Um, I know. Cause yeah, you've been there for like longer than I have been. I mean, I've been there off and on and I think I had like three official, um, stints with soul force throughout the years um and you know whenever we uh are at a conference together it seems like we interact or we table together like we did at um uh, creating change in detroit and um i just i know that our bible app wouldn't be here if it wasn't for soul force you know uh creating those inroads creating the conversation making a statement about um needing uh, LGBT people needing to be included in all conversations, not just mm-hmm. ones that <laughs> are about reparative therapy. Um, and um, yeah, so Haven has a lot to do with um, our Bible app even existing. And, Absolutely. Uh, yes, yes. But like, I understand that change needs to happen and people need to grow. And um, I am curious about two things. One is how um, you see yourself in this new role of leadership. I mean, snaps to you, my friend. Yes. Hey, <laughs> Youngest executive director in the history of man. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um, where you see where what your vision with your uh, with your fellow uh, co-leader uh, is for the future. Um, now that you know, it is being led by two uh, brown people and, um, and yeah, yeah. In this, in this new age, like what, where do you see it going? Yeah. Um, well, sure. Let me start with you. My, let me start with me. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so my story with soul force, um, is, like I had said earlier, um, five years old, I have been with the organization. Um, I started as a part-time communications coordinator um, and have been the director of programs and communications for probably three or four years now. Um, and I am 
I think I'm exactly 26 and a half years old. Um, <laughs> and so I am very young. Um, and my soul force journey started uh, when I was even younger. Um, and I, I come from, um, I come from a small military town in the South. Um, and the, the idea of Christian fundamentalism and Christian supremacy is, is to me just sort of, it's always been the water that we swim in. Um, and especially my experience coming from a military town, a military family is like having seen the ways that, um, Christianity and Christian language and, and scripture, um, often got wrapped up into, um, conversations about the military, conversations about what it means to be American, um, and a certain kind of Christianity, right? Um, and um, I moved when I came out of school um, and went to a slightly larger city, but um, I feel uh, a deep allegiance to the South as a queer person who like um, has been organizing here my whole life and um, my, my ethic and my people um, are really committed to this particular like like place um, where we see a lot of these like intense roots of fundamentalism show up in the culture and it for real is just the water that we swim in. Um, but my work in organizing had almost never been religious based work um, and I come from a Catholic background um, but a lot of my organizing had really been around um, local youth-based work, um, racial justice and queer justice organizing, um, and particularly like police um, and community structure accountability to young people and other marginalized groups in the city that I was working in for many years. Um, and so that's my background. Um, and when I came into Soul Force, I started to recognize um, particularly my mode of activism, which has always been really like what I'm called to is a relational type model. Like we work with people as organizers, as yeah. activists, like there are human beings behind often like what are numbers or groups or communities. Um, and so my work alongside some of that more intense, like political lines um, has really always been um, having intimate conversations with other people who are struggling around something in their life. Um, and so alongside being a community organizer, I always have been like a, a spirit tender. Um, but I didn't have language for that until I came into Soul Force Space. Um, and when I was offered an analysis, particularly by Haven and by Alba, around um, the ways that Christianity, that they see Christianity um, being in collusion and weaponized against all of these, against our people and our communities, um, and how it feeds into issues around like police accountability for police violence or community accountability um, for the ways that um, young people are incarcerated, young black and brown people. Um, and generally, all of these issues that I kept seeing pop up over and over again for young people who are at, just at extreme risk of like suicidal ideation um, and self-harm and all sorts of other intense, risky behavior, um, I couldn't unsee it. And so my my call at that moment was to be deep in it with folks um, all over, but who are really trying to reckon with that relationship between spirituality and politics and religion. Um and so I feel really called to the work. Um, and when Haven told us that they were transitioning, I didn't have anything to say, but yes, I will step up to the plate. Um, cool. 
I feel I feel um, ready and excited to take it on because I know that our communities um, know that this work is meaningful. I've seen over and over again the ways that our people, um, I know some of your listeners and community and folks that you've had on the podcast before, um, and our Bible app and all the communities that we share in between, um, just continually, like we work in community together as organizations who all share a mission and a vision. Um, and so I know that we have each other's back as a movement. Um, yeah. And that is, that's what makes me feel um, a lot less scared than I could feel. Um, and particularly, you know, I come to the work as a young person um, who uh, comes from organizing backgrounds that are pretty like typically secular. Um, and my co-director Alba, Reverend Alba Onofrio, aka Reverend Sex, um, yeah. comes from a deeply, you know, I come from a, a Catholic background and my family um, is a family of immigrants, but um, we're not particularly fundamentalist. Um, and Reverend Alba, if they were here, would share their story around how they come from a very evangelist background um, from the mountains of Western North Carolina um, and how their experience being a young queer person um, who was working on figuring out how to um, how to just work with other folks and themselves on not internalizing these evil messages that they knew were untrue around how God hates queer people and trans people, um, and and how to do that work scripturally, how to do that work in community with folks spiritually. Um, and how that's driven them to do this work alongside their much longer background as um, having been previously an executive director for a nonprofit. Um, so they're really bringing like the theological and the scriptural elements um, alongside their their pastoral experience. Um, and I think the two of us are gonna complement each other nicely in um, just helping move the vision forward of Soul Force, which in that same way is like, touches that like that hard line between the like the youth and the community organizing models um and really appreciating um that like really hard political analysis that will not be um it won't be foregone alongside the um alongside understanding how important it is theologically to reckon with these concepts in order to save our people from that from that violent theology that yeah um Yes. Violent theology, it's all about people. And I think, um, not the violent theology part, but the all about people part is what I have always connected with Soul Force about. And whenever Soul Force shows up to a space, um, one of the first things y'all do is, is talk about spirit work. <laughs> you talk about how do we invite the spirit? Like, what what's the language? I don't know. All I know is that initially there is a a song or um, something to call our ancestors into the room or um, usually you'll have like an altar and um, just recognizing that um, for me recognizing that this work is holy because it's done with other people and it's done yeah. on the backs of other people as in you know this has this work wouldn't be here if it weren't for our answers, if it weren't for the people who came before us. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it's always been about people for Soul Force, and I really love that. Yeah, it feels really 
It feels so good. And so, like, being in community with you, who has that same orientation, I'm like, I know we're going in the right direction here. Um, hmm. And in terms of where we're heading, you know, um, Soulforce has has really acted as a, um, a three-person leadership team for um, a lot of the time that I've been here. And so our direction um, in the near future, um, we're not going many places we haven't been before, but mm. I'm really excited about some models that we've been working out over okay. the past years, um, particularly around this concept of global solidarity. Um, you know also about like the ways that the the religious right in the United States has exported really deeply harmful spiritual messaging um, and theological messaging to global South communities. And when I talk about the global South, I mean, we're talking mostly about like places that are often referred to as like developing countries, mm-hmm. um, places where you're often seeing mission trips happen. So that's like um, Bark. South Asia, yeah. Sub-Saharan Africa, and Latin America and the Caribbean. Um, and so um, we've, for many years, been trying to figure out how is it that um, we we know deeply that we have uh, a prerogative as people based in the United States, Soulforce is a national organization in the U.S., um, to figure out how to be in solidarity with folks who are being harmed by what is directly coming out of the U.S. and directly coming out of religious leaders. Um, we know that the like bad theology that we're fighting here and, um, you know, pastors who are, are delivering really violent messages that we're saying no to in the U.S. are being also shipped out via airwaves, via... Um, via podcast, via, like all these different mediums to particularly um, Latin America and the Caribbean and Sub-Saharan Africa. Um, yeah. And so that work um, has been many years coming of figuring out how do we do that solidarity work well. And recently with the dawn of a few new, um, we do a lot of scriptural resources at Soulforce um, with uh, Breaking Open series that we've worked on that delves into the ways that... Um, that particularly like we base them on the clobber passages, the like scripture mm-hmm. that is most often used against LGBTQI people. Um, and we, we take those scriptures and we work with folks through this resource to like, um, to delve into questions that, you know, ask more of the text than what were originally given. So Sodom and Gomorrah, for example, um, we know that the text is not as black and white as what is fed to us through a fundamentalist anti-LGBTQI lens um, of that scripture. And so what does it look like to refer to other theological works from other theologians and understand that that story isn't cut and dry about homosexuality, that in fact there's an absolutely valid interpretation that I'm sure you and many of your other folks have like un- like unpacked on this show or other places, um, that the story of Sodom and Gomorrah isn't a story about homosexuality, that it may be, in fact, a story about um, hospitality and what it means to, to treat your neighbor well. Um, and so that it's, it's a place where we want to offer more theological resources. Um, and we've been working on um, partnering with organizers, amazing LGBT activists. Um, right now, it's I think we're working with folks in six different countries in um, Africa and five in Latin America and the Caribbean um, to 
if they're interested in translating the resources to have them translated into their local languages um, and then distribute them wherever through their churches, through workshops, through um, different community organizations and partnerships. And it's been amazing the feedback that we've received in terms of um, we offer seed grants for folks who are doing this work um, in those other countries to help them um, create this space to continue to do their work, to print these resources. Um, and we do that particularly in a really relational way. And so making like creating relationships with folks, asking them what's most useful. Um, and our partners in the global South, especially have been working with us as we build out new resources to tell us, Hey, this is helpful, but this isn't, Hey, we actually really need scriptural interpretation, um, on what is going on with women in the church um, because we're experiencing so much gender-based violence and so what can what is there to do around like this particular issue in our communities um, and so that's work we're super excited about that we're fundraising on right now um, because we want to continue to meet our partners needs um, for like just education resources to be able to to combat that um, scriptural violence that is coming out of our own backyards. Um, and so that is like one bit of work that we're super excited about that's feeling really new and why ALBA isn't doing um, a workshop, a, a series of workshops in East Africa right now um, in collaboration with um, a uh, U.S.-based um, non-denominational Christian organization um, that is headed up by like African American and Black folks of the diaspora in the U.S. Um, who are working on like affirming resources um, also for folks in East Africa, and so it's a really exciting moment to be like transitioning into leadership because there's so much that is like blooming and brewing, um, particularly around this question of like how do we how do we recognize violence as it happens globally? Not just to our like immediate friends, not to just like our immediate families, but like so many of us are connected to other places. My family is all from the Caribbean. Um, I know that you have family from Africa. Like yeah, yeah. there's so much of us that is not just like tied up in our queerness and what's happening in the US, but globally. Um, and so what does it look like to honor that as a part of our spiritual healing? to like push back against that violence here in the US and also like in diaspora. Um, yeah, I could go on forever about it. I feel like No, I, I mean, um, I'm excited that you guys aren't just staying in the United States because like you said, they, the, the Christian white has found sophisticated ways of exporting um, what I would call hate around the globe. And in some of these um, global south or developing countries, um, it just ignites like tinder when it hits the ground. And it's so disruptive to cultural ecosystems to, um, and, and incites all kinds of violence that, you know, it, it, the y'all need to be out there applying the salve. Y'all need to be out there healing it. Y'all need to be out there um, cutting it off before it, it grows and gets too too far. Um, so, I mean, I am constantly proud of of Soul Force, and I'm even more excited to see you in leadership. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Most and I, I'm, like, so excited, especially, I mean, it was really wonderful to hear you say that, like, 
um, our Bible app wouldn't be around without Soul Force. But I also think the opposite is true, that like Soul Force wouldn't be what it is right now if it weren't for the like work of our Bible app and so many other organizations that are like doing their part to like push up against this really intense like um, right wing um, like exportation of these global culture wars because I know that's work I remember when you were in the like formation periods of trying to figure out and discern what Ugh. what our Bible app was going to be about and yeah. it was like based off of what was going on with organizations like the National Religious Broadcasters that like seriously push out like these violent messages about lgbtqi people to something like over 120 countries um and have millions of dollars to be able to do that work and so you and i are just in the good fight and trying to invite everybody else to like come along with us and there's so many ways to be in it there are so many ways joss um this yeah i mean i'm just thinking there's so there's that what you just said has just brought on so many thoughts and emotions. But um, that time uh, when we were at the National Religious Broadcasters in 2016, their conference in Tennessee, um, I think that is where our Bible app was birthed because our work was about dissemination. It was about what they are doing to other countries and what they've been able to do to this country that we found ourselves in. Um, yeah. yeah. And. Um, you have always talked about um, dissemination with so much passion. Um, I don't know, man, I would follow you. I would follow you anywhere. (laughs) (laughs) I feel so passionately about it and I'm so grateful it comes through. I mean, that like a lot of my organizing work has always been around like um, political education. And we know so much in us as queer and trans people, as otherly marginalized peoples, about what our experience is. Um, And I find that spiritual violence pushes all of that knowing deep down to the like bottomest parts of us. Um, And like, that's what it does. It it tells us that that is inaccessible and that that's wrong. Um, Whether it's like our desire as queer and trans people or women, um, whether it's like our, um, there are so many like different knowings of who we are Um, who our people are that are not wrapped up in respectability politics, that are not wrapped up in church culture, in like violent church culture. Um, And it's worth like being able to delve into and to know. And I think that's where our freedom comes. And so, you know, what I like the work that we domestically and everywhere are most excited about these days um, is about being a a capacity building organization. Soulforce for many years has, um, you know, been really known as a, a dedicated, nonviolent, like direct action organization. Um, mm-hmm. And we are at a moment where the tide is turning around to the way that direct action is done. A lot of it is done online, for example. Um, a lot of it is um, done like at once, very quickly, and especially like things are done at home, like in people's individual communities where they live every day. Um, And there's so much that's happening that we're really excited about. And we're finding that after 20 years, what we are the most well positioned to do is really to like work with folks to recognize what Christian supremacy is, um, what the impacts of Christian supremacy are on legislation, on like local advocacy and activism battles. and in people's individual like spiritual work and their spiritual community healing work, 
um, and go to those places and be like a companist and like be in it with other folks in movement in collaboration, which is about, you know, being with people um, rather than being like on campaigns or being at the fight or at the doorstep, um, but being with people and with other um, communities as we do what we all can do best, which is tap into our personal experience and gather in our resources to be able to like push back against what we're experiencing firsthand. Um, and so that's the ethos that this like global South solidarity work is coming out of, um, where we trust the activists on the ground in, um, in Uganda, Rwanda, Kenya, um, in South Africa to be able to understand um, in uh, El Salvador, like the places where we're building relationships and building power. Um, and we know those folks know their context and we trust them. And when folks ask us for something, we do the best that we can to be able to meet us where they are. Um, so we've been serving that mode also. Um, there are activists in, in little Tyler, Texas, um, that <laughs> at their church, they like, learned that there was going to be somebody who was going to be preaching on conversion therapy and having a conference there like a month, a month, like after some other event. And so they reached out to us and asked, like, can we have some backup? Like we were doing this thing. We're in a small town. We're trying to figure out what we're doing. And so, um, you know, that's the work that Soul Force is called to do, to be there, to be accompanist to folks as they're trying to figure out what are the messaging points, um, that's work that we do, like, what are the messaging points? What is happening? Um, am I alone on this? Am I the only person who thinks that this is wrong? Like, um, yeah, just we, we strive to be there with, like, in community, in collaboration, in partnership with folks. Um, that's what I've seen us do with our Bible app, that the two of us have really created this, like, ongoing relationship that that looks like mutual, like sharing resources where we have them. And um, so I just feel grateful for being able to be in that orientation in our movements. Yes, uh, we're in it together. And like you said, I'm excited about those other businesses and organizations that are doing this work as well. Mm -hmm. um, I also know now that when people donate to Soul Force, that dollar goes so far. Um, and I'm sure there are just like any, uh, you guys aren't, um, you, don't, you guys aren't doing mission work, but I'm sure anybody would say, you know, if I donate, I want to know what's happening here in America. Um, what, and it's cool to know that you guys are in Tyler and I know that you were also, um, helping out. I just found out that you guys were helping out with the, um, uh, Azusa Pacific University, uh, I'll call it a scandal where, they, they said, you can be gay on campus. No, wait, you can't. Yes, you can. No, you can't. We're going to fire everyone who came out during that time. And it was just a debacle. Yeah, um, okay. if, I, if I wanted to get involved with something Soul Force was doing here over the summer, what are some programs that you're offering? Yeah, I encourage everybody to sign up for our, um, our email list and to follow us on social media. Um, one of the things that I'm most excited about is figuring out um, uh, the answer to a continual ask, which is like, how do I get involved in Soul Force community? Um, particularly, we have done youth work for as long as Haven Heron has been executive director. Um, and I feel really called to that work as a young person. Mm -hmm. um, and so 
we are we have like historically, especially the past couple of years, been working on how do we create spirit space that is accessible to young people, to folks who um, are in hostile context, um, and to rural folks and folks who just want that spiritual community. Um, and so this summer, um, Alva and I are gonna try to get our, our heads on like forward around the transition. And so we're excited about our community bearing with us and being in it with us. Mm. Um, but really, um, we're going to be working on our getting getting together like more presence on social media, and so I look forward to um, folks coming for community, like yeah. to be checked in about when we're going to be hosting dialogues online. Um, we are still working on what the Vacation Bible School for this year might look like, and so I won't spoil too much, but yeah. I'm really excited about it, and I would love for everybody to stay tuned. Mm. Um, that happens usually in the middle of the summer, around July, August. Um, but the best way to get in contact with us about that is to follow us on social media um, and uh, and our email. Um, and you can do that by going to soulforce.org and just checking out what's up. Um, how can people contribute? How can people get get their, their dollars involved? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, yeah, we are in fundraising mode. We are, we are currently working on meeting... Um, and I think we're about 40% of the way there on our okay. spring campaign, um, and, which is great. We started about two weeks ago, so I'm feeling really excited about what this moment means. Um, our, our goal is 15000 and that's really going to help us be able um, to continue doing this work. You know, like I said, Reverend Alba is in, um, in East Africa right now, and it's really exciting to be able to know that the cost of one booklet that is maybe 16 pages is about a dollar. Um, and so to like print 10 resources that we can send to, um, to somebody in East Africa who is looking for resources in their local language from one of their own local LGBT organizers um, who helped to create the resource or who are looking to support um, students who are trying to like craft messaging or host their own like Tuesday night Bible study at their school um, to help other like closeted students figure out their relationship to their to their faith to their um, to their questions around um, what it means to be maybe Christian maybe not but to like be a spiritually inclined person who's like um, really delving in some like deep political questions um, you know it's it's we're really excited about anything that folks can offer. So making a gift is so generous um, and we are endlessly grateful. Um, but also just sharing sharing the good word about what it is that we're doing um, and what we're up to at Soul Force. It would mean the world to me personally to know that folks listen to this podcast and are willing to support my leadership as a young queer brown person trying to figure out how to do best by my communities by by just sharing out some of our content um, and and letting us know what you think. Um, you can write to us on any of our social media platforms and you'll probably be talking to me. Um, <laughs> or um, you can write us at hello at soulforce.org and, and just ask us your questions or let, you, let us know what you think about our, our work in the world. Yeah, I mean, man, I... I can't say enough how important it is to just ask questions, yeah. you know, and and to to get involved. And um, Soul Force does it in a way where you can give or be as as 
you can be hella present or you can just kind of like sit back and watch everything unfold. Yeah. Um, but you guys have so many resource, resources on your website. Um, like if you are trying to talk to your church or if you or you're trying to talk to a parent or um, a school administrator or if you just need to figure shit out for yourself, um, which is which is the case most of the time. You guys have that stuff easily, easily, easy to download um, because I think all of it's free, right? Um, yes. All of it's free. Right. And um, if you're like me, you'll probably want to leave uh, like a five or ten dollar donation um, just to say thanks for that. But um, you know what? I'm really excited to see you in leadership because it sucks. It sucks so much being the boss. <laughs> <laughs> I say this because like when I was uh, when we were at Creating Change, I had a moment with Haven because we were tabling together, and I I told them I w how frustrated I was with with um, with how I used to constantly be frustrated with leadership. I used to constantly be frustrated with authority, um, and and Haven looked at me and was like, "You talking about me?" And I was like, "We don't have to go there," but. Um, <laughs> But now I get it. Now I understand that it's just not as easy as um, as you think it is when you're following somebody's uh, directions. Like um, I am, I can really be a, a, a piss poor um, group participant because <laughs> I think I know how everything is supposed to go. And now that I'm in leadership, I'm like, wow, I really, I've really made some big mistakes, you know. <laughs> And you just have to like own up to it and and move on. So, my God, you're in for it. <laughs> I'm so in for it. You know what? I like we could have a whole other hour long conversation about leadership, and I, I'm super interested in the conversation because I never wanted to be the director of the organization. Um, of any organization. I'm not, I'm not somebody who like has a big personality, feels really called to like make the decisions. In the so I come into this leadership as like, I'm here and I'm like very willing to um, take up the responsibility um, with an orientation of like, um, I mean, it's something that I appreciate from from a couple of um, denominations in Christianity is like um, leading leading through service um, and leading through humility um, and recognizing that um, the work of of one's activism um, and leadership is a tool to like of the spirit. Um, and so I feel like this is going to be um, a test of me to like really show up as a good leader um, and by good leader, I, I hope that I can embody like a heart orientation and like mm. being being somebody who leads through being thoughtful and um, and and being of service to the work rather than um, than taking up like big ego space. So oh. I'll let you know how it goes. Ha, hit me up if you need a co if you need somebody to just like like hold your hand while it sucks because yes. I am that person. <laughs> You're so good at being that person. I'm so grateful. Yeah, man. And I know that your partnership with um with Alba is I mean like this is this is it's in uh you guys are in so much sync when you work together. 
And I mean, I've witnessed that firsthand. So I know that you guys are going to take this to, you know, a whole new level. I'm, I am, I'm excited for your new venture and um, I'm proud of Haven for their new venture um, and making the decision to, to step down or move away from this thing that they've loved for so long. Thank you. Yeah, co-leadership so suits Soul Force, and Alba and I work really well together and have a number of like um, traits that just work well, I hope, in the service of the work. And so, yeah. Well, yeah. End of an era. that's the show. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to our wonderful conversation. I hope you'll come back next week and hear my conversation with Samantha Field. Read her devotional in the app if you want to follow along about our discussion. Um, we'll be covering her devotional, Rereading Ruth, and you can find that in our Bible app. Um, and you can find me anywhere online as Crystal Cheatham or on Instagram as The Cheat. Okay, bye.